Welcome to the Business Perspectives by Hawk FX, a podcast series with industry experts in international business, providing clarity on doing business overseas. Hawk FX, clarity through perspective. I'm Paul Harvey, and welcome to the Business Perspectives podcast with Hawk FX. And today we're going to be talking about being prepared for big swings in the currency market. And I'm with Greg Smith of Hawk FX. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Paul. So, Greg, let's start off by asking a question. Why is it important that we think about these big swings? Good question to start things off. And I think that there's a few ways to think about how you could be affected by changes in, in the currency market. Probably the simple answer to the question first up is if you're going to be affected by moves in the market, the bigger swings are going to have a bigger effect. So that's probably uh, why it's important to think about these and plan for these in the best possible way. For many businesses, actually, the question is, how are you affected by moves in the currency market? You're looking to manage the risk. You're looking to reduce volatility to help with your forecasting and some sometimes to take advantage of, of price moves. If someone sees the market move in their favor or to time the market to pick the best time to convert the currency. But for most businesses, they're really looking to manage and reduce the risk and have that ability to forecast and to see what's going on in the business. Now, if that's the the main objective, if that's what you're really trying to do as a business, to get on with the underlying business, if you're selling items that you're importing, the last thing you really want is to be finding out suddenly that your goods that you're importing from China are going to cost you 20% more, for instance. Obviously, Hawker FX can help manage that risk reduction. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the big things that we talk to clients about when we really first start having a conversation and and trying to understand what it is they need to do. That's one of the questions that we would start with when we get to understand a business is what happens to your business if we get a move of 10% or, or more. And that quite often flushes out the questions of, how important is it to the business to hedge and, and what would happen if we do see a larger move? We had a new client I was talking to recently uh, that receive euros in from one of their businesses in Jersey. And the first thing that they said when they were looking at what difference does it make to us in what rate we convert at, the first response was, well, it doesn't matter too much, but if it moved 10%, that would have a major impact on us and we'd be in trouble. Mm. So that is a good benchmark to say, well, actually, if you get a decent sized swing in the market and we had swings with Brexit, we we saw the currency drop 20%. If you have that when you're forecasting over the course of a 12-month period, that is something that could happen and, and it really pays to think about what could happen and what will the effect on the business be so that you can then start to plan and say, well, okay, how can we manage against that? So with the situation that's happening in the Middle East at the moment, is that already having an impact and is it creating a swing? For the moves in the Middle East, not so much in the currency markets directly. For what's happening in the Middle East, it's clearly a major political event but in terms of the currencies that are are affected or how that affects currencies directly 
the currencies that we're talking about there. So for the countries involved, if you look at the Israeli shekel, it may have dropped a little bit in value, but it's something the market is relative, sadly to say, relatively used to in in flare ups in Palestine and, and between Israel and Palestine. What tends to cause big moves in the market is things that are unexpected, I suppose self-evidently, or things that then are a result of a build-up of positions in the market. So where the market and, and say a currency has been pushed to a point where it is very overvalued and, and, and there's been a significant amount of buying, if for whatever reason that impetus and that buying is taken away, that can cause a big swing. And I guess in a similar way you'd see with with shares. So you probably take Tesla as a recent example where it's been going up and up and up and up to a level that for a long time people have been saying looks unsustainable. They're not making that much money. They're worth you know more than every other car maker in the world and yet they make a fraction of the income. And there's reasons behind that. But at the point that everybody goes yeah, maybe it's not, maybe that does look a bit too high and it starts dropping, then the demand, every it snowballs. And that's what tends to happen when you get big swings in the currency market as well. It's not always a single point. It's mm. what's happened over a period in the lead up to that as well. And so these uh, these swings, they don't all happen in the same way then? No, definitely not. And we can talk about, I suppose, a couple of examples of, of where things have happened and they're different. I mentioned Brexit earlier uh, and we had a significant drop, unsurprisingly, in the value of sterling. And that happened on the night. So I was up looking after customer orders and things at the time of the referendum, which was a fun, a fun time, elections and, and referendums and things like that. You tend to get the results in through the night and so where we have customers with orders it tends to be something that i i sit up and, and work through and we saw as the results were coming in and as it looked more likely that we were going to see decision in favor of, of brexit we saw sterling drop and and that was before the results were fully in now when it was certain and we saw the results were fully in we had another sort of big drop in the market we had the Bank of England intervene to say they'll provide support and there was a lot of uncertainty over what would happen. Sterling then continued to drop and had some really big drops in the, the weeks and months following that and got to the stage where effectively it was then probably undervalued and people had, had sold the currency on, on the basis that there was a huge amount of risk. And actually, we didn't really know at that stage what was going to happen. And you know it took four or five years from that point to get to where we are now. And we still don't really know what the impact ultimately will be. But at that point, what had changed was it wasn't expected that the public would say, we, we want to leave the EU. So that was uncertain. And there was a huge amount of uncertainty then introduced because nobody had a clue what the process would be, how long it would take, what it would mean for the UK, what it would mean for trade. And all of that uncertainty led to the, the fall in sterling. And we got down to a rate, the, the lowest I've seen against the dollar It's one of our, I guess, major trading partners and currencies below 120 
that was a huge move. And ultimately, we bounced back from that and hovered around, you know, the 120s, 130 area for a number of years post that. So that's one way that you see this sort of risk priced into the currency and, and things to go. Another example, which is quite different, would be the financial crisis in 2009 through that whole period, uh, where again, it's almost a bit like a, a set of dominoes. One falls and there were there were issues with certain funds and the assets that they had that led to withdrawals. And that led to a move into, uh, in that case, less risky currencies, those currencies that are seen as less risky, such as the yen, the Swiss franc, and to, to a fair degree, the dollar. Now, with that, as every further domino fell as another bank went down as some some other element reared its head as the crisis unfolded over the course of months and and years ultimately uh, what we saw was an ongoing move away from assets that people were concerned about to those that were seen as more stable so as i say the us dollar government bonds and currencies like the yen and, and the Swiss franc. And again, in, in that instance, over a period of a year or so, we saw taking a similar percentage, if you look at sterling against the dollar, with Brexit, we saw perhaps a 20% fall that was very localised with sterling. With the financial crisis, we saw a fall from something above 2 down to about 135. So again, about a 30% fall in sterling, but that happened across a lot of other currencies as well. So the euro dropped in value, the Aussie dollar dropped in value, a lot most major currencies fell significantly in value compared to the US dollar, for instance. So when you see things happening, is it then too late to do something about it? A good question. I'd say it's never too late to do something about it what we tend to see happen and what quite often happens is that when we've seen a move in the market that businesses will look at that and if they haven't done something they may decide that oh i was going to buy at 150 my dollars but it's now 135 and i I was a bit unsure at 150 and and now it's a 135 I, i definitely really don't want to What we quite often see is that people don't want to take what they perceive as a loss and fix and and convert at a lower rate than they could. So quite often people will will wait even further. Um, What can happen then is it goes further still and it goes down to 120. And at that point, businesses may then go, we haven't done anything. We've really got to do something at that sort of capitulation stage. And quite often again we see it time and again where where people haven't put things in place they can end up converting at the worst possible time uh, and then realize the market then comes back the other way because it's overcorrected and it's almost the worst possible time when you absolutely have to convert so in answer to your question is it too late then no i don't think it's ever too late what i think does make sense is to think about how big the effect is of the move and how what the effect could be of a further move and potentially then to do something. Doing something is, is generally going to 
reduce the risk to some degree because you're taking an element of risk off the table. So whatever happens in future, you're somewhat insulated against it. So okay. in answer to your question, no, I, I, I don't think it's it's too late to do something about it. But obviously, the sooner you can think about it, the more you can think in advance, the better. I think what you're saying is that it's better to do something than nothing. And, if, <laughs> yes. and doing nothing, I, you're making a big hole for yourself. So, uh, Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, a a that's much your, shorter way of saying yes, yes. Doing, doing something better than doing message. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, all right. So how should you avoid getting into this situation in the first place? The first thing is, I think, to think how the company works as a whole. What do you do? Where does the risk come from? What difference does it make? depending on what happens in the market. So most businesses typically would look at hedging their cash flow exposures. So the businesses that they expect to have to make over a, a period of time, quite often companies look out a year, sometimes longer. We could take thinking about recent companies affected by the, the pandemic, take airlines as an example, where they typically mm. have fairly good visibility over the contracts that they have in place. So they would have dollars that they would need to buy typically for fuel purchases, for servicing and, and other costs. And they would know those costs out a year, a couple of years in advance, assuming the planes are flying and that we're all able to carry on as, as we go. So they, by fixing a portion of those costs, you know, if you take a UK-based airline that wants to fix those costs, that's getting the majority of their, their income in sterling, it would be helpful to them in terms of planning to know what those dollar costs will be for fuel purchases, for servicing uh, and so on over the season ahead so that they can price the flights at a level that they need to make a profit if they don't have those in place and we see sterling fall in value uh, against the dollar the fuel costs go up and and it, it eats directly into their margins and airlines are looking at, at a, a range of things they'll hedge their fuel costs as well so that they know how much it's going to cost them in dollars to buy per ton of jet a jet fuel sure. uh, as well as the dollars that then go to buy those so it's all about doing some preparation of thinking what you need and forecasting and then working out how much of that you need to protect to give you the certainty of what your costs are going to be uh, in your home currency relative to your income. And obviously, as, as any business wants to, then, you know, you've got then a profit margin that you're hopefully fixing. So we're talking about major currencies, which you've touched on with sterling and the dollar. But what about these emerging market currencies outside of the majors? What do we have to be mindful of with those currencies? With emerging market currencies, it is a bit different to the major currencies. So there are well-developed markets for forwards in sterling, dollar, euros, yen, even Chinese. And it's relatively easy to hedge in those currencies to buy forward. The other thing that certainly over the last few years, there hasn't been a significant cost in hedging forward because interest rates in the major currencies, uh, the countries of the major currencies have been relatively similar and even more so now with so many rates uh, tending towards zero. With emerging market currencies, because interest rates 
uh, tend to be rather higher. And that would apply to China, to South American countries, to a lot of African countries and other Asian countries. The fact that there are much higher interest rates means that it's far more costly or can be more costly to put currency hedges in place. In some instances, that can actually be a benefit. So if you're importing from India, actually you can get a benefit by buying the currency forward. The same would apply to China. If, however, you are receiving income from South Africa or from from other emerging market currencies, the cost of putting the hedges in place can put businesses off hedging in the first place. Now, the question that goes beyond that is, well, how volatile are emerging market currencies and is it worth hedging? And that's where it can be more of of a question and something to think carefully about because the cost may be higher, but equally if the volatility is higher and you may get bigger moves, you have to think about whether it's worth paying the cost and it becomes a bit of a trade-off. In reality, what we find a lot of businesses doing is actually looking at other ways to manage those risks by looking at how much exposure they have to a particular currency, thinking about where the supplier or customer base is. Again, the more diversified, the less risk there is on on one particular currency. And sometimes there can be other ways to offset the risk. So uh, if you have a loan to service for instance, in that country that you're you're servicing with the income from a country, then that uh, allows you to offset and reduce that risk without having to worry about the costs of, of putting forwards in place and so on. Okay, well, this is clearly an area where Hawk FX can advise, and you're well practiced in in this area. It is something that we do, and we can provide a lot of analysis around, as you mentioned. Uh, we talked about just then with emerging market currencies, there's a trade off between how much you hedge and the cost of hedging and what could go wrong. Mm. We do the same thing for the major currencies as well. Although it's a, a little bit more subtle, there's still then a question of how much should you hedge and how certain are the exposures uh, and what is the best way to do that. And that is something that we, we spend a bit of time. We have some some tools to allow us to do to give companies a bit more comfort around what they're doing and how much they're doing and ultimately what it will mean for their bottom line uh, sure. over the course of the year they're forecasting. So, Greg, do you have a, an example of a business that actually didn't sit back and do nothing, but actually reacted to a market swing? And what was the result of it? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about airlines. We can continue on, on that theme. And again, they're quite a good example, given they have a fairly good idea of the costs they've got. They've got committed costs for fuel for planes for trips they're making so they're a good candidate for putting trades and and for taking putting their hedges in place the other issue that they're faced with as with many businesses is they have pretty tight margins so they can't afford to leave the currency or leave the fuel costs uh, to chance to what they'll be at a particular point in time when they're trying to plan their business and, and, and manage their cash flows. So typically airlines would look 
at their budgeted costs. To take one example as a client of mine, would buy jet fuel up to two years forward. So they've got cover for uh, the bulk of those purchases as they get to it. They then would say, okay, we now know how much we need to buy, how many dollars we need to buy to cover those fuel purchases. So they would put hedges in place and buy forwards. So they've got that certainty over the dollars that they need to buy. Now, this actually happened uh, as an example through the financial crisis. Uh, and I, I imagine the same thing could well have been happening to airlines through COVID, because at, at that point we had uh, a big drop in the value of sterling. So the hedges that they'd put in place actually had a lot of value in them. They had purchases of dollars at around the, the 180, 190 level when we were the actual market was at, at 130. So what the airline, uh, this particular airline was able to do uh, along with others was to effectively take the value to close out those trades and improve their cash flow situation at a time when it was a really challenging time and they needed the money to smooth out their cash flow and then to re-put those hedges on it in what was then a very different uh, environment. That's one example of where having some certainty and having something in place also gives you some more flexibility uh, depending what happens through again what at that time and at this time has been a, a significant disruption in the market so are you confident right now with the marketplace i mean let me put it another way is there still a degree of uncertainty in the market as you see it am i confident i'm, I'm more confident than i was is there uncertainty in the marketplace always i i don't think that will unfortunately or, or fortunately from my perspective i don't think it that is. will ever change the thing with with any sort of big swings that you get in the market is they often happen when you know the reason they happen is because you're not really expecting them mm. so i think you always need to think well actually how far could uh, this go what could happen and take the approach that you may never have, have hedged before you may have taken a view that things go up and down and, and it's all been fine but actually there will always be something that comes along and and has an impact uh, and really it's a question of of making sure that you limit the impact when it comes along uh, yeah, we talked about some of them before that you wouldn't have brexit maybe you could have foreseen covid uh, i don't think anybody did 9-11 you couldn't have foreseen the financial crisis sure these are things that that come along because people weren't expecting them and that's why they have a big impact and a big move and that's why you're in business with hawk fx there's a nice little segue there thank you greg for your insight into the big swings in the currency market and thank you for listening to the Business Perspectives by Hawk FX. And please just click on the subscribe button to catch up on the podcast series. Clarity through perspective with hawkfx.com. Thank you for listening to Business Perspectives by Hawk FX. Clarity through perspective for all your money transfer needs, whether you are a business or an individual. Visit hawkfx.com. 